0: On today's show, our guest is Aiden Lee. Aiden is a coach, an entrepreneur, a business owner, and a fellow podcaster. He's the owner of Fit Roots, which is a martial arts and personal training studio. Aiden combines the best of martial arts, philosophy, biomechanical postural correction, breathing, strength training, nutrition, and mobility to help people transform their bodies and their minds to become the best possible versions of themselves. At some point in your life, you might have felt a little down, perhaps a bit dejected by circumstances, and maybe even totally unmotivated. It's okay. That's totally natural, and it happens to the best of us. And don't worry, because Aiden is here to share with us his incredible go-all-in story and show you exactly how to lift yourself out of any rut or off any plateau that you might find yourself on. He's been a martial artist his entire life, and he's competed at K1 competitions and he also holds a degree in philosophy. This guy knows how to bring out the best in people, and I know that you're gonna love his dedicated and disciplined approach to his craft, his business, and life in general. Please help me in welcoming Aiden Lee. Hey, are you totally committed? Are you playing full out? Are you all in? Hi, my name is Robert Brass, and this is the Go All In podcast. Join me as we explore amazing stories of success, heartache, and absolute triumph by those who have gone all in. I'm glad you're here, so let's get to it and do whatever it takes to go all in and create the life of your dreams. Well, good day, Aidan. Welcome to the show, mate. It's great to have you here.
1: Pleasure to be here, Robert. Thank you so much for having me on. Looking forward to discussing great topics and ideas with you all today. No problems. Well, look,
0: I like to start off the show with all of my guests with a quick little get to know you quiz. It helps us calm the nerves down. It warms us up a little bit and it's in a rapid fire way and it helps us to get to know you a little bit more as well. Maybe we'll learn something about you that we don't already know. You ready? Ready when you are. No, mate. All I need you to do is just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. It's in no particular order and it might seem a bit random. Do you prefer cardio or weights? Cardio. Prefer to stand up and fight or get on the ground and grapple? Stand up and fight. That's the kickboxer in you, right? Yeah, that's it. It's coming out. I can't avoid it. (laughs) Those crazy shin kicks. Do you prefer to um, coach clients or do you prefer to mentor clients? I guess it's both, but
1: since you're making me choose, I would say mentor. Nice one. Paleo or vegan? Uh, Being vegan. I guess vegan. Can you play an instrument? No, but I used to be able to play piano when I was a kid, planning on learning again once I've got the time freedom. Nice one. Would you consider yourself to be old school or
0: new age? I'd like to think I'd take the best of both, but if I had to be one, it's going to be old school. <laughs> nice one. All right. Do you prefer personal training clients or doing martial arts training with them?
1: I prefer martial arts. I uh, think be you wrong, personal training is great, but I think it's the factor of being able to help X amount of more people and create X amount more impact. Fantastic. And last one, it's a serious one, mate.
0: Is it meditation or contemplation that you prefer?
1: I'm a bit of a serial thinker. So I, prefer, I do actually prefer the contemplation, but I do get great benefits from meditation too. So I do both, but i am definitely, that's the philosopher of me coming up. So you're playing both sides of the coin there or did you pick? can't tell. All right. If I had to pick contemplation. Beautiful. Beautiful.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that with us, mate. It's nice to get to know you a little bit more like that as well. Well, people come on over to this podcast to learn more about others that have gone in. So if you could mate, could you please share with us your biggest all in story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success?
1: Yeah, sure. Great questions. Uh, prior to this, the quick forums loved them, and yeah, definitely in terms of going all in, uh, biggest thing. God, it's definitely been starting my company, FitRoot. So, as you've probably said in the intro, we you know run a martial arts school, do past training, as you've alluded to, and even though I had a lot of experience, I'm 26 now, but I've had over 21 years of experience in the martial arts and health and well being world. I didn't know a thing about business, like absolutely nothing. So. You could say I had the skills and I was able to serve people in the way I wanted to, but I didn't know how to get them in front of me. I'm still learning that. And there's a lot there that I had to really bring up to the level of where my skills are. So I had to really go all in in the sense that I've had to invest a lot of time, a lot of money in coaching, mentoring, resources, knowledge, and really putting that into practice. So obviously the implementation was where I had to really go all in, still learning on that. And I would say, really, it was a massive blank slate for me. So I've had to really, as I said, start fresh, but also think about how I'm going to do it strategically, just like in martial arts or training. You're going to think, right, I want to achieve X goal. How can I get there in the most efficient and productive way possible? So I really believe I've taken that same mindset over from martial arts and when I studied philosophy as well to critically think about how I should attack address business too and I think a lot of people who go all in and have like yourself where it's very strategic it's almost the art of war way of doing things and just applying that in the business context did you have a coach or a mentor that helped you
0: get up on your feet I mean obviously you you had the idea for business you're going to set it all up there's money to invest all those sorts of things did you did you just dive in and have a crack at it or did you have someone helping you the whole time
1: a bit of on and off like when i first started it was kind of just myself my dad was my first martial arts instructor and he ran a school back in the day since the 1980s but again he it was more he did well out of it but he did it in a hobby kind of way rather than a business so i didn't really learn the business side of things from him so i had to kind of go elsewhere for that when i first started i actually didn't want to focus on the martial arts skills more personal training side of things but i soon realized that i could only one, well, I guess you can charge a lot of money, but still you're bound by that time and the amount of people you can really create an impact with in that one hour. So yeah, to answer your question, yeah, eventually I sought out various programs and coaches and mentors and I kind of got one now which I've stuck to, which I, I feel is really aligned with my vision, my mission and you know, what it is I can achieve with their help as well as with my base level of knowledge and experience.
0: A common question and a common thing that happens to novices in business is they get led up the incorrect path. Did that ever happen to you?
1: I couldn't even count how many times. Honestly. Oh, really? Uh, I think that is part of the, the thing I was listening to. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, massively. I was thinking of something, watching something this morning, sorry. Um, I don't know if you know who Dan Locke is. So I quite like his business uh, advice and stuff, quite interesting on YouTube. But basically, you're saying this is stuff I allude to as well is sometimes it's about a lot of the time it's about saying no to the wrong things and saying yes to the right things. And in knowing what we don't want, we therefore know what we do want and it makes the path much clearer. Before, you know, I was on the path, but maybe there was obstacles in the way, having to climb, go around them. But now it's just straight, you know, almost destruction through the path to create and forge that new one. So yeah, I think one of the biggest things is to take away from that is, yeah, say no and create the path that you really want to create without hesitation now I know full well without hesitation 110% I'm on the right path and this is the way I can hit my goal of you know helping to transform 1 million men's lives. I always hear martial artists talk about training and how
0: when you get more senior in what you're doing you're able to see the future when you train with younger less experienced people because you know actually what's going to happen because you've seen all the things that are going to happen, that could happen, and you know how to counter them, you know how to defend against those sorts of things. Has that mindset and that skill set translated over into business for you? Or are you still copping a left hook and an uppercut here and there because you're still learning in business?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think business is definitely humbling, that's for sure. Just like you've alluded to there with receiving a hook and an uppercut, as uh, painful as it may be, it's definitely humbling. Because obviously what it makes you really realize is that you've made a mistake. And you therefore shouldn't be angry that you've been hit or that you shouldn't be angry at the other person for hitting you. You should be angry that with yourself that you could have done better or there's something that you need to improve on. So taking that full ownership and as Jocko says, extreme ownership and really saying, well, what could I have done there to make that not happen or make that scenario better next time? So in business, yeah, I would say I've definitely received more blows in the start days and I'm starting to slowly receive less and less. But hopefully, I'm not going to say you're invincible, but eventually, you want to get to that feeling and state of mind that you, know, you can't get hit, even though you obviously can. So I would say I'm, I'm not there yet. So I've got some experience to put in, some hours to put into business yet. <laughs> I like to think you can build
0: like an indestructible wall around you in business once you've got it right. Once you've got a formula that works and you can replicate that formula, that gives you something that enables you to scale and to grow quickly. And how are you growing? Are you scaling and growing as quickly
1: as you like, or what's holding you back at the moment? Yeah, great question. I'm working on something now, which is gonna get me to that scaling and growing level that I want. So right now, it's not at the speed that I want it, but I know that I've put in all the background work, and the time, and the effort, the grind, the money, the stress. You know, all of the things that are probably eaten away at my life. Now I can finally say. Ah. Instead of taking away years and months and quality of life, you can give back and say, hi, finally, it's going to grow to that level. Um, In terms of particular strategies, I guess it's, yeah, it was a lot of me figuring out really what works best for my business niche target market, um, where I can find them and what really works well. But I'm in the process of launching some digital marketing campaigns, which I've seen one I've actually has worked very well for me in the past but then due to inconsistent cash flow and marketing budgets, I didn't keep up. And now we're just working on launching those kind of campaigns again, but now with a more proven formula, which will bring the growth and the impact that I'm looking for. So yeah, I'll keep you posted, but over the next month or so, you should be seeing some very interesting and uh, engaging results. Is it exciting? It sounds exciting. I would say so. It's probably more in your field, buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, gosh, how can I can explain it's without saying too much, cause I need to get into it myself first. It's, basically mostly Facebook advertising that's what I've used before and I've brought in a lot of uh, leads and people through there but the key thing as you obviously know was the offer that offer that I was using before it was great but then it kind of fizzled out and I've seen some sort of new stuff now which really works and it was just about how you captivate that audience on the receiving end if I can get that offer in front of them. I've seen other people do a similar thing and I know it really works. So I guess it's a proven formula, but I guess I better be careful what I say until I actually get those results first. So hopefully, maybe next time we come on, we can discuss those results on the tail end. Digital marketing can be a funny thing sometimes. It's like I've had multiple clients
0: of the same ilk, like multiple electricians in my digital marketing business and some of them do exceptionally well and you bring on a new one and yep, we'll do it for you as well. And you're not copying what the other campaigns are you kind of emulating what they're doing because all their services are, are same, same, but they're always like slightly different. There's different nuances they're different businesses and sometimes you turn it on and it just doesn't work and you're left scratching your head wondering what's going on. And you know, you can watch all the proven business models in the world. You know, you're watching everybody else be successful. And you go, Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And you turn it on for yourself and you like, Oh, something's not quite right there. So it's not until the rubber meets the road and you actually dive in and have a crack at it that you really know if it's going to work out for you. And I guess that's where the entrepreneurial risk lies, isn't it? And that's where the commercial risk lies and you've got to have a go at it and mitigate as much of that as you can.
1: Yeah, completely with you. And as you say, it's worth the jump, but it's to me to say that those results are guaranteed going to happen. Like you say, I'm, this is why I'm a bit conservative to say, oh, this is what I'm going to get until I actually – I'm on the other side of it so yeah confident but as you say there's no guarantees you have to uh, really put everything to the test and see what will come out of it
0: what does an expansion plan look like for martial arts studios it look like more locations and more venues or does it look like online training or is it a combination of coaching and mentoring and those types of things Is is it all of those things
1: Yeah, I would say a combination. Obviously, it depends on the model and what people are running. I mean, maybe if I just share mine with you, that would be more useful. But our goal is to get to 100 students in our martial arts school in the next six months. Mm -hmm. So I think it's uh, because we've only started focusing on it recently. It's a bigger goal than it would have been if I focused on it since the start of the business. But I'm pretty confident it's going to work and going to happen. But then from there, you know, my aim, for example, is to get a facility, our own facility, instead of renting outside, because I theoretically could just, as you say, open up more classes, different locations, things like that. But I think for the the vision that I have, it's quite important to have a headquarters and just have that one base where if you've come to all of the facilities, the equipment... Even the atmosphere, you know, even just setting the atmosphere is very important, let alone the actual space itself and what equipment is in there. And I think from there, once you've really capitalized on that, say we, you know, we go from 100 to 200 to 500, 1,000 students in that one location. You know, the vision there is really not just to have martial arts classes, but then it would be personal training, small group personal training, workshops, events, seminars. Things like that all under one roof so you're really bringing together everyone as a family and the community and that way i think it will really grow and then from there yeah i would say yeah next multiple locations so all right let's go five miles down the road to a new target market and let's try and set up base there but because the brand reputation has already been established it's a little bit easier to say okay one we've got the capital and the cash flow but two, the brand to set us up in a new location with almost a proven formula to know that it's going to work so that is the longer term vision hoping to get to that second location in the next 12 to 18 months so let's see what happens
0: fantastic we've seen a little bit of a shift in the fitness industry here in australia recently away from you know the franchise model has been there for a long time and it still continues to grow it's a it's a very very healthy industry but we've seen a shift towards exactly what you're describing. Like It's a larger facility with weights, with cardio, with classes and has martial arts stuff in there, MMA stuff in there. And they have a wide variety of offerings. So it's kind of more like a one-stop shop for people. And they've been extraordinarily successful. Just the opening, just in my local area, within sort of five kilometers of where I'm sitting, there's been two of them that have opened in the last six to nine months. And they've both hit the ground running, huge advertising campaigns, great membership bases and everything. And it's really kind of cool to watch because you are independent businesses and it's sort of like giving a bit of a jab to these franchises that are out there that own that space. So yeah, kudos to you, man, for going for something like that. That's a, it's a proven business model and it works and it'll be great for communities as well, I think. it be fantastic.
1: I appreciate the insight. And yeah, especially seeing that in Australia because I don't, I don't know the market there, obviously, being in the UK near London yeah I think that's a great observation because just to add some more to that I think you've hit the nail on the head also but people are pretty much sick of the models that the commercial gyms offer because they don't really offer you anything it's just here's a place to come and train but if you don't know what to do if you don't have the accountability if you don't have the knowledge uh, the motivation whatever you could have the best equipment in the world and it doesn't matter at all so if you have a community, if you have the accountability, as you say, you're being coached, you're being mentored, you're being guided onto your best path in life, then I can guarantee, if someone meets me halfway, I can guarantee your results. So why would they ever go to, yeah, it may be £20 or 20 $30 for the uh, pay-as-you-go 24-7 gym a month, but it doesn't give you anything. It doesn't give you that sense of belonging, that sense of understanding and developing, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually too.
0: And it's a community thing as well. I think it's important to have that community. I was part of a gym um, locally here, and, and it's exactly what you said. They've got all the best equipment in the world. It's just it's actually pretty amazing how incredible their gear is. But you go up there, and there's never anybody there. And it's like going and training in a in a shed, despite all the fanciness that they have. It's really kind of stark. And I left that gym to go back to another one. It was also a franchise, but just more people, more atmosphere, more environment, more classes, more stuff going on and more options and, you know, much, much better. Tell me, Aidan, as a small business owner, it's always a fine balancing act between work and life. And there's really no dissemination between work and life because work is your life when you're a small business owner, as we all know, those of us that have small businesses. How did you find harmony in all of that? How have you maintained a balance and, Maintained your sanity amongst all of that because it sounds like you're a busy guy with a lot going on.
1: <laughs> I guess, in short, in some ways I haven't, in some ways I have. So <laughs> it's as you say, there is, you know, I, I don't really believe in like a full work life balance. I think when you get to a certain stage, yes, you can do that. You know, eventually as well, what I'll be more overseeing things rather than being in the business, if you like, working on it, uh, more from the outside in and still doing a little bit on the inside. But the balance right now, it's, I mean, look, my, this is my, my vision, my passion, so I don't, it doesn't feel like work to me. So I think that's one key thing is saying, all right, if this is a job or this feels like work, you're in the wrong business. Like, don't, don't do that business because you might as well work someone else without all of the extra stress or start a new business, which you actually feel passionate about. So I guess that would be the first big thing. And that's obviously how I feel. Secondly, then would be, well, all right, what are my priorities? So mine, obviously, yes, I'm in that field anyway, but my priority is my health. So having had health issues in the past and things like that, going from thinking I was invincible to feeling like nothing to coming back, you know, it does humble you. And you also realize therefore that, all right, this is the focus. So cliche as it is, you know, for me, health is the true wealth. The wealth will come in the monetary sense. And I need to focus on what I can optimize so I can be the most efficient and productive man I can be. So that would be number two. And I guess number three as well is after considering, you know, is that your passion and is health the most important thing? And as I'm more efficient and productive as the health and the passion is there, it then leads me to be able to live a somewhat balanced life in what I would consider balance. Many people from the outside in will say, well, you're still crazy, you work so many hours, and you do this, and you do that. But as I don't see it like that, it's fine, you know. First part of the day is always dedicated towards myself. So that could be my health, uh, reading, understanding, knowledge, meditation, affirmations, gratitudes, and all of that good stuff. And then and only then, after I've done all that stuff, does the work and the business come after that so it leads me to if you like have more time to focus and be productive i guess a little bit of a balance lately over the last couple of months i've been taking a little bit more time off maybe like the odd day on the weekend or just going to do something i wouldn't normally (laughs) do and i find it just does regenerate and rejuvenate me when i do come back to work but it's kind of getting out of that feeling of oh should i be doing this should i be working? But I know it's all good because of it's longevity I'm in it for the long game.
0: You know, I, I look at other people that say exactly the same thing happens to me. Other people look and go, man, you work so many hours. You must be crazy. How, how do you do that? You have no work-life balance. And I sort of look at them and think, what are you talking about? You've got no work-life balance. You don't understand that I actually really, really love what I do. And, you know, I'm one of the fortunate yeah. people that gets to, to do that. You know, there's not many... But you know, it's not like that every day. I, I still kick the car carpet and complain every now and then like everybody does. And you have up days and down days as well. But on a whole, I think that I'm really satisfied with the way it works. And I look at other people who think that I'm crazy for working 70, 80, 100 hours a week and go, well, I wouldn't want to do what you do. And you know, it's all about that contrast. That's what you said before. You can't know what you really do want unless you see what it is that you don't want. That's such an important thing. I wanted to ask you a uh, couple of questions yeah. about the tournaments that you'd been in and the fighting that you'd actually done. Have you ever been hurt in a competition? You ever been injured?
1: Not in a competition, actually. More, more in training. Actually, yeah. No, I haven't really. Okay, yeah, of course, I've taken some hits in the fights, but not. I would say the more prominent injuries for me it actually came in the training, and I think that's a result of when you're pushing yourself so much. Obviously, when you're fatigued to a certain level the likelihood of injury increases so much and therefore it's more probable. But then when you're in a fight, because it's just that normally, just that one fight, yes, you're tired, but the adrenaline pumping, the atmosphere, you're in your zone and yes, injuries do happen and can happen. But I guess being in that flow state has allowed me to not really get as injured as much.
0: What did you learn about yourself after competing
1: in martial arts competitions? It's pretty brutal, man, especially that kickboxing stuff that you're into. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, I've stopped uh, just for the record. I don't. I don't compete anymore. Uh, the plan was actually after I finished uni and studied uh, my philosophy degree was to turn professional in kickboxing, mostly in the K1 style was my preference. But I actually studied above the waist kickboxing first when I was uh, from my dad when I was younger. Then studied you know more Thai boxing, Wing Chun, MMA, and then the, the Dutch sort of style as well. Yeah, I mean, gosh, what goes through your mind? It's and you know what it gives you a. A lot. I think it's one of the few moments in in life where you're really present. You really have to focus. If you're not present, you're gonna get knocked out. <laughs> it's not a scenario where you want to be thinking about, oh, man for dinner tonight, or you know, what am I doing next weekend? It's not of adrenaline and the hormonal changes. It gives you that tunnel vision, so it forces you to focus. That's that's a big thing. And also, I guess in in some weird way, it makes you appreciate what you have in life, especially in retrospect. You know, now I don't really have the inkling or the the want or the desire to fight anymore. And I have my reasons. But at the time, I can see why I did. But now I don't see the use of it for myself. For other people, I I can see why. uh, But for myself, it's not the path I'm on. But I didn't know that or I I didn't know what I know now. I wouldn't have known what I know now, sorry, until I would have done that in the past. I don't regret it at all. It was a great experience. But it's also shaped me in who I am today and give me many, many tools to be able to succeed in business.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Anyone out there listening to this, considering going into their first bout or training for something like that, is that something that you'd recommend to them?
1: I think it's one of those things that as a, I guess, especially as a man as well. I mean, my target market and my, a lot of my students are mostly men, but I think as a man, it almost has a rite of passage. I think it's a great thing to do because You have to face your fears. Uh, You're going to be scared, especially if it's your first one. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be sweating. You're going to be jittery. You're going to be losing energy. You're going to be wondering what the hell is happening to you. And in many ways, it's like a drug. Obviously, it is a drug with all the hormonal changes. So the experience, you know, having tried various other psychedelics or whatever it might be, I don't think you can compare any stuff or any drug to fighting. Hence why some fighters actually describe it as, as such whether I'd recommend it. Yeah, obviously I would recommend it not as a career, but just to do it even just once, I think is a very admirable thing to do to really put yourself out there and say, look, here are my flaws. If I win or lose, this is how I bring myself to the table. And I don't think the win or lose is the main thing. Obviously, you should go in the intention and the thought that you're going to win, but the result is not the the matter It's the, the most, most important thing is actually what effort did you put in your training? You know, how did you bring, what was your game and how did you bring that to your fight? And How was your heart and how was your mentality before, during, and after the fight as well? And if you crack those three things, then you'll definitely take away some great lessons from it, which can be applied in business, personal, wherever it might be. And I think it will develop you far more than not. Uh, Long-term, I would say no. I just personally don't think it's worth the brain damage. This is one of the reasons, uh, not the main one, but one of the reasons I stopped. I think it's uh, long-term, it's not a clever thing to do. But yeah, one fight. Uh, or the odd couple of fights here and there, definitely well worth the experience. There's
0: not too many things in the world where you get to shine a spotlight on your emotions, on your skills, on your own personal fears. And I think um, in a fight scenario, all of those things are just amplified by a magnitude of about a thousand. And you, you described that really well. So thank you for sharing that. I want to just shift focus a little bit. You mentioned right at the start, I asked you a bit of a loaded question. Are you old school or new school and you said old school. So I'm going to ask you this question. A lot of old school people say that the youth of today are soft. And then they say that oh, when I was a kid, it was like this and it was like that. But you know what? I actually, I'm looking for your feedback and I'll share some of my thoughts as well. I disagree. I think they're as hard as nails and I think they're as tough as they've ever been. In fact, I'd go so far to say that they're tougher than the people out there going, oh, in my day, it was like this and it was like that. And I know that because I'm absolutely certain if we sent our soldiers to war, that they would kick the enemy's ass. And I know that we sent our soldiers to war and they did kick the enemy's ass. And the people that go to war are the youth of a nation. And I just think that you could walk down to any battalion in any city in pretty much any world and you'll, any part of the world and you'll find the same thing is actually true and I'm wondering for you as a martial arts trainer and a coach do you still find the kids these days just as tough as they were when
1: when you were a kid that's a great insight Robert. Thank, thanks for sharing obviously with your army background as well so there are many many parallels and uh yeah to answer your question the kids of today versus before I mean look in many ways I'm still a kid I'm 26 but I grew up around this so I guess I, I've seen for the last over 20 years you know, what I was like as a kid and also the kids that came in and out compared to today, because I teach kids now as well as adults. Yeah, I would say that different ways. Yes and no. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yes. In the sense that it takes a certain kind of kid. I think nowadays the the actual problem is the lack of direction. I think a lot of, a lot of young people don't really know where they're going or what they are doing in life. And especially with men, I think I feel like we really need to have a purpose and we are very purpose driven. So if we don't have that, we go a little bit inwards and become a little bit isolated and don't perform to our best and maybe aren't bringing our best version of ourselves to the world. So I would say, yeah, in that sense, those who don't have the direction, unfortunately don't bring their A game to the table. But those who do, like whether it be myself or the friend circle I'm around who are a similar age to me or the kids, today who are super motivated yeah they bring something different to the game that the old generation didn't have and i would say that is definitely a mentality about being more critical and being more suspect of certain things of certain practices traditions and ways of living ways of doing things and i think that critical mentality combined with a great drive from a young person is pretty much unstoppable and in this case we will allow them to go all in
0: I think martial arts is a real fantastic leveler. In some ways, it's like the military because everybody's the same in martial arts. And when you tap somebody out or you get tapped out, you're humble about that stuff. And you get up and you shake your mate's hand and you look each other in the eye and you go and do it again because you're there to train and to practice together. So for me, from a personal perspective, you know, I I don't think the youth of today are any softer or any worse than the youth of two generations ago. I think it's different. It's a different time that we live in, but I think they were just as tough and as hard as they once were. And you know, if any parent out there is listening and they're wondering that maybe your kids a little bit soft around the edges, send them over to a, uh, a martial arts class and that'll be a, the ultimate leveler for them. Tell me, mate, I've got you here as a world-class trainer and uh, you hold a degree in philosophy. So I'm going to ask you some training questions that I always wanted to ask a trainer but I never get to ask because these guys are not forthcoming unless I pay them $400 an hour or something ridiculous. So you're on my podcast. I'm going to ask the questions and you'll have to answer. Here we go. Tell me about low motivation and how to reignite the fire in your belly. And I'm specifically asking for me, I'm going to be selfish because it's my podcast and I can ask sometimes I find and look, I know this, you know, all jokes aside, I know this because I talk to my friends and I see my mates in the gym and stuff like that. And people, when they're not really training for something, they're just training for general well-being and health. You know, I, need to, I know I need to move every day. I go to the gym, I train reasonably hard, I get my heart rate all the way up there. But it's hard to do that every day. How do you? What tools do you give to people to help them, keep them fired up and to reignite the fire in their belly to keep them going? How, how do you handle that?
1: That's an awesome insight and it's a very prevalent problem to say the least and there are people who approach me or other people like me and say they want to change but as you know, maybe they don't really want it. So I guess the key thing is really wanting it but as you know, it's getting to that process. Uh, Just to give you a little background as well, when I stopped fighting, you know, I found it very hard to train and just being super honest because I thought "Mm, I don't have anything to train for now. So you no, know, why am I training? Why would I train? Like it just doesn't make any sense. because all my life I was training for some particular thing. And then when you stop, you think, Well, what the hell am I doing now? So yeah. I think it is quite key to have a reason. I have made that shift over to general health and well being, but I think the understanding and the impetus behind that is a lot deeper than saying, right, okay, I've got a marathon coming up or I've got a, I don't know, some strength event coming up. Of some tough mudder, or you know, some obstacle course race. When you've got something like that, I tend to find people are a lot more motivated because it's just a bit more tangible. So, there's no right or wrong. I would say, look, if those kind of things work for you, use them to your advantage, but it's not a long term strategy because you can't say, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do you know, obstacle course races for the rest of my life or run marathons for the rest of my life. Look, if that's what you really want to do, then go for it. But I think the deeper understanding is you have to get deep as to why really why you want to do it so you know if you're not really sure why but you haven't gone that far into why you think you want to do it maybe there's some more bits to uncover because the simple way Rob this is how I do it I'd be happy to do that with you as well just to help Uh, but I think one of the things is look just have a conversation let's you know you discuss your goals all right keep them smart so make sure they're specific measurable attainable realistic and time bound keep it simple in that sense so get those goals down write them down Uh, discuss them actually with someone like myself who knows how to pick them out of you and what to actually aim for, making sure it's realistic and achievable. And then set a goal. So when would you achieve it by? Similarly, if you had a race or something, you'd say, I've got to run a marathon and I've got five months to train. So you'd work backwards and reverse engineer those goals, just as you would probably in digital marketing as well. Uh, Once you've worked out the what and the when, then the why, which is obviously the most important part, is to really drill down. And I think it, it really has to hit us as humans on all levels i think if you just touch on the rational level like you were talking about i see my friends down at the gym and you know it sounds great and yeah i should i should train which is obvious everyone's like yeah i should keep healthy but that's the just the logical and the rational side it helps but we need to get you emotionally involved it's get you rationally involved logically emotionally psychologically and even spiritually if that's you know whatever your floats your boat i think um, all elements of the human psyche have to really be acting as one in coordination and in unity towards those goals. I know, for example, with my goals, if I'm not healthy, my vision and mission will not come to fruition because I've not got the energy, the sustainability, the vitality to put the best version of myself out there to get towards those goals. Yeah, I may get there, but it may take me a lot longer and it may be less effective. I think looking at the bigger picture is the bigger thing. A lot of people look at health and well-being from a very super point of view and it's almost a bit of a disease in our society like oh i just want to fit into my jeans i want to get into that uh, woman in terms of a dress or whatever look nothing wrong with that but that should be the cherry on top it's not a good foundation to build on so build a great foundation based on values the kind of human you want to be building a good philosophy and understanding of yourself first and then the cherry on top will come man you brought it you brought it that was fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. It, it
0: sounds to me like what, what I take away from that when I hear you as a trainer and as a coach saying that for me, I'm not training for anything. So, if you're not training for anything, you just got to feel it at a deeper level, is what you're really saying. And feel it with your emotions, with your spirituality, and every fiber of your being. And then the motivation to continue will be there because you don't really need to be motivated to do something that you're feeling and that you're enjoying and every aspect of it kind of comes together like that. Did I get a right interpretation there?
1: Yeah, definitely, that's, that's definitely a big part of it. And I would say that if you feel that it's right, just like you, know, you wake up in the morning, and hopefully we brush our teeth. You know, we do it because we, not because we rationally know it's good for us, but we do it because of a multitude of reasons. And you don't just say one day, oh, I don't fancy brushing my teeth today, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> and you're ready. And you, know, you do it and you do it because you know that it's part of your daily routine. And when it becomes discipline, it becomes freedom but if it's not discipline then the freedom is not there so you have to feel it but obviously it's not something you can I don't really think it's something that you can just say oh I feel it I'm gonna go like you have to you there have are to a set feel. of exercises that we do like uh, philosophy based and mentality based stuff I think there has to be a structured process I mean that's too much to go into now but there are definitely a bunch of exercises which I'd be happy to do with you, Robert that would help you get there so really digging deep into why and Getting those thoughts out onto paper or computer and answering certain questions about yourself, and I guess really being honest. And if if we start the level of honesty, then we can get down deeper as to what you know what is important. Then from there, use those, if you like, those why's as that motivation to get you to your goals.
0: Fantastic. When you're coaching somebody at a at a higher level, at a more elite level, what part would you say is their mindset, and what part is their talent?
1: Probably to put a ratio or percentage on it, probably about 80% mindset, 20% talent. Because, I mean, look, there are some freaks of nature, whether it be genetically speaking or or the upbringing or whatever, that are going to beat everyone else regardless. But for the most part of of the athletic world, they are looking to make 0.1% gain every X amount of time. They're not, you know, the general population, Right, I can lose 20 pounds in six months, cool. If you're an athlete... Those are not your goals. You're looking at, right, you know, what kind of slight, subtle change in movement can I do to make my punch more efficient or to make my breath more powerful? You're looking at the subtle change. They're already doing those kind of things, but there are smaller mistakes that they're making. And how do we optimize what they already have? So those 0.1% add up to eventually 1%, and that's all they ever need to really overtake their competition. So hence why in certain sports, they, they put some ridiculous funding into, uh, I know cycling is one of them, not, not a huge fan of myself, but I just know that they put ridiculous money into, you know, making just the most ridiculously small adjustments on the helmets on, to make them more aerodynamic and on the bike and whatever it might be. But at that level, you're really looking at such small things that if you look from the outside in, you think, well, that's not going to make a difference. But because they are so closely competing against one another, they have to really take every little thing they have. The mindset is, yeah, it's, it's super important. The, um, it's really what I find separates those who are the best from the rest. I don't have a huge interest in training athletes. I've trained some, but it's not something I really want to go down. But from the experience and obviously looking outside in, as well as my experience with them, I know that it's, it's mostly the mindset. They have to, one, really enjoy it. Like we were talking about with the general layman as well, I think the same principles apply. We were talking earlier about business and work-life balance. It's pretty much the same thing because for the athlete, that is their work, that is their business. And if they're not looking at themselves holistically as the brand, the athlete, and the business, then eventually, sooner or later, they're going to going to plummet. So it's having those all those three parts available to them.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, mate. Tell me, uh, it wasn't that long ago in the scheme of things, but... If Aiden had the opportunity to meet Aiden who was only 17 years old and you only had sort of five minutes with yourself 10 years ago, what would you say to yourself?
1: Oh, man, what wouldn't I say?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'd just lot, give the lottery a lot, man, me, honestly. honestly um, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah that, that was a good shout. Yeah, I would, I would say a lot of things about, you know, the direction you're going in. You know, what was I doing back then that wasn't serving me? You know, hey, Aiden, fix up. You know, you can do better here oh Hayden that's not doing well for you you know double down on this instead I think it would be more about direction because I, I always even as I was younger I always kind of was a person who knew what I'd want but obviously that brief period between stopping fighting and then figuring out what I want now was the only period and it was a pretty dark period I'll be honest so just going back and telling myself that direction I thought I was going in at the time when I was 17 is not going to be the direction that you will be in 10 years time in, in now it's not going to be. And at that time, that would have been probably a very scary thing for me. It would have been very like, what are you on about? I know this is my direction, but it's mad how things work because clearly that was not the direction I was meant to take or did take. And here I am doing something, yes, somewhat related, but I'm not fighting anymore. And, you know, you told me that years ago, you know, I would have told you to be quiet, shut up, what are you on about? And it's, I think that is the biggest thing is direction for me.
0: Fantastic. Well, tell me, mate, you're a busy guy. What are your daily non-negotiable habits that you bring to keep you sharp and focused on success and building your business?
1: Yes, a great thing. So we, yeah, definitely health first. So myself first and my health first, everything else second. So yeah, the first hour, it's actually more like the first hour to two hours of the day really uh, is for me. And, you know, that means waking up early, obviously, and getting up, I'll just run you through my routine. It'll be a bit more useful and helpful. Getting up, you know, drinking at least half a litre liter of water. And I do that actually sometimes with a little bit of Himalayan salt and lime just to nourish and replenish the body as well from the salts and the sweat lost during the previous night. But also after that, getting up and meditating 10 minutes, 10 to 20, normally 10 though. And I normally just do that to a little bit of music, but just cross-legged, just on my bed, just relaxing and, and just trying to really... Yes, empty my mind, but also let what is coming to my mind be and understand what's on my mind so I can really either get that out of it for the rest of the day to have a successful day or bring more of it in if that's what I want. So that and then, yeah, I do some affirmations and gratitude. I normally go for a walk, uh, just got a park around the corner. So it takes me 10, 15 minutes. I'm back, done those, uh, do a little bit of grounding. So I just go into my garden, just barefoot and just normally stare at the sun at the same time just for five minutes or so, just to uh, get some connection to to the ground and to nature. After that, normally come in and read for half an hour to an hour, whatever I'm reading or studying at the time, and just keep going with that. And then that's the morning routine done. If I'm going to train after that, then I'll go and do my training. So it could be some form of functional strength training, martial arts, uh, be going for some barefoot running or whatever it might be. So after all of that, then I come home, cold shower, Normally, I'm fasting, so maybe I'll eat after that and maybe a bit later, but then I'm good to crack on with business. So those are the same, I would say, the the key elements for starting my day, right? On the tail end, uh, I do have an evening routine, which is kind of the flipping, but I don't train again. I just kind of wind down and read again before bed. Uh, If I need to meditate again, I do so. But just also review and recap on the day. So what went well today? what, What didn't? What can I do better tomorrow? And... If I've had a good day and I answer those few things, I'm happy and I can ev- improve every day. That's the aim.
0: That's really interesting that you have it in the tail end of the day as well. I think that's something I need to adopt. There's a couple of people I've spoken to that said they do that. I kind of get to the end of the day, I have the shower, go to bed and that's it. It's like, well, I can't change it. There's nothing I can do about it. That's it. And I don't really, I think maybe I should celebrate my wins a little bit more. You know, it's good to have a win. It feels good to have a win. And I know that and I celebrate my wins when I have them, but that's, uh, that's a good idea. I'm gonna have a go at that. Well, mate, well thank you so much for coming on our show and sharing all of that with us. Where can we find out more information about you and your website and your business?
1: Awesome, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Robert. I look forward to hopefully doing it again sometime in the future. Where you can find me and uh, my business, Fit Roots. So yeah, we are located at www.fitroots.co.uk. So that's F-I-T-R-O-O-T-S.co.uk. There you can find out info about our martial arts school, personal training, online personal training, and corporate health. And of course, our podcast too. We have a podcast we've recently launched called the Fit Roots Podcast. We are on iTunes at the moment, and also on Shout Engine. Soon to be on YouTube. So if you just search the Fit Roots Podcast on either of those platforms, you will find us there. Uh, you can also email me at Aiden at FitRoots.co.uk. That's A-I-D-A-N at FitRoots.co.uk. If you have any questions, health, well-being, martial arts, philosophy, i would be happy to assist and just help you, no strings attached. So I look forward to hopefully speaking to some of you. Excellent. Well, I'll
0: make sure all of those links and your email and stuff are included in the show notes for this show. If you haven't already subscribed to the Go All In podcast, please go ahead and do that because it's a pretty cool podcast and it helps us a little bit when you subscribe. And don't forget to leave a review if you like this show. And if you didn't, let us know as well so we can improve. Well, that's it for this show. Thanks again, Aiden, and it's great to see you, mate. We'll catch up with you soon. Bye for now. Thank you very much
1: for being a pleasure.